This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. To me, it's purely transactional. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. See the defensive lineman running laterally, not penetrating. Short throw, little bubble. Chris Ottman Bell inside the 10, the 5, touchdown, Minnesota. Big Ten history among those who threw a minimum of 15 passes in a game. Trying to thread it in, and he does. Tyler Johnson, touchdown, Minnesota. This is what we can become. You know, we got to let go of, I'm sure there were some people on the final drive said, oh, here we go again. Got to let go of all that. 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. We got to change at some point. I think this team's proven that, that as we continue to go into the future, we don't have to keep saying things like that. Does that mean you're going to win them all? No, it doesn't mean that. But they're doing a lot of special things that you can keep building on to make your culture stronger and your program stronger and make it more of a national brand. It's like the third time I've heard that soundbite, gentlemen, and I feel like every time he's talking to our show, he's specifically talking to Judd and me, Rami. (laughs) Yeah. Like the part about... Exactly. Jonathan, can you play that clip again? The part about... There's probably some people at the end of that game that thought, here we go again. (laughs) This is what we can become. You know, we got to let go of... I'm sure there were some people on the final drive said, oh, here we go again. Got to let go of all that. 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. We got to change at some point. I think this team's proven that, that as we continue to go into the future, we don't have to keep saying things like that. Does that mean you're going to win them all? No, it doesn't mean that. But they're doing a lot of special things that you can keep building on to make your culture yeah. stronger and your program stronger and make it more of a national brand. I was, I was in a box with guys who were saying just that. There and they are sitting in the TCL broadcast studios with me again. Oh, this oh is going to take go again. This is going to take years of therapy to get past. This, this is not overcome in one Saturday afternoon. Sorry. Well, here's a, here's a question for you guys. Okay, let's uh, let's let's do another. You got to make a decision based on evidence right now, like mm-hmm. we did with Wiggins yesterday to start the show with the Golden Gopher football program. You have to pick one path. All right, path number one is this is a fun little blip. Mm-hmm. But they're going to lose a couple games down the stretch here. Uh, they might not even win their division, and then they're going to kind of go back to eight and fourville, seven and seven and sixville, where they've lived <laughs> for a long time. You know, once in a while, maybe a nine and threeville. And those are great. those are nice neighborhoods. They are. Those are okay. Yeah, they're not. Uh, it's not why is that. So you're Dino, saying but... you're you're saying when Michigan and Ohio State are back on the schedule, it'll it'll return to yep. its normal feeling or a feeling that's not quite as euphoric as this. Yep, but this is kind of a it's kind of a fun ride, nice little win against Penn State, but but yeah. reality is right around the corner, and you're not going to be a disaster, but you're just you're just going to be the Glenn Mason Gophers basically. 
um, or they've made it and they will be for the next 10 years contending among the top 10 or 12 teams in the country like Wisconsin does. I'm not going to put on, on the Ohio State level, but like Wisconsin does. Which I, path I'm going to pick? pick one of those paths right now, Yes, knowing exactly what I know, knowing that the schedule is going to get tougher again, knowing that Fleck probably leaves at some point here, at, you know, a couple of years down the road. Uh, I'm going to enjoy right now and say that the path is probably one of not failure necessarily, but I don't know that they achieved that consistency that the Badgers did. Yeah, because the Badgers, to their credit, too, with Barry there, they went from being as bad or actually worse than the Gophers to popping up and staying up for 20-plus, 30 years now, basically. Uh, I can't go there yet. So I would say it's a pop-up of this type of success. But if you take me... so. Not saying it's going to get bad, but if you're telling me it's going to come down to uh, some years you might contend for the Big West, uh, Big Ten West title, and some years you might be you might win eight games or something, I think that's probably yeah. realistic. And I'm giving you limited options here. Yeah. I'm giving mm-hmm. you this. I or think that. that's a realistic option. I I think you can be the Badgers because I don't think the Badgers have ever been really in serious consideration for a national championship. And if if you're forcing me to pick one of those two, Phil, it's it's probably the former and not the latter. And only partly because only partly at the fault of the Gophers and their football program and PJ Flex should he stick around, they're swimming against a current in the NCAA and the system that is the college football playoff right now. I talk about this time and time again, and I'll keep banging this drum. Teams make it into that playoff. Teams get highly ranked. Teams get recognition and get respect based on heritage, based on history, based on what you've done. In the last 20 to 25 years, it, it it's not what you've done now entirely. It's what your program is. It's what you're known to be. It's your reputation. And it's going to take a long time for the Gophers to get over the reputation that they have and put themselves in a discussion with the Ohio States of the world and with the powerhouse teams of the SECs. I mean, those teams... They have monopoly on highly ranked college football, and that's that's how the people who call the shots see it. And it, it takes a lot to change that. Well, and and let's let's bottle that for a second. Cause I, let's go down that path in a, in a minute because I have a question off of that too. Because I sort I sort of agree, but I also disagree in a way. To answer my own question, if I had to pick, you're going to kind of go back to seven and six, eight and four, and it was a good run against a weak schedule, and this was just a peak moment. But you're going to go back to where the Gophers usually are, or they've actually turned a corner and they will be much more like Wisconsin and they will they'd be banging on the door, Rose Bulls, on a more regular basis. I would pick that. I think, and that is predicated on P.J. Fleck staying for at least a chunk of time, by the way. Absolutely. If, if P.J. Fleck were to leave tomorrow, I would change my tune pending at whoever the new coach is. But I think they've built something so strong internally and we'll find out just how strong internally they are when they face Iowa this weekend because there's, I would say, eight times out of ten, a team that comes off that kind of victory, getting to a new plateau, going on the road against a good team the next week, is incapable of blocking out the noise and resetting their focus. So if they beat, I would almost say, based on the circumstances, if they beat Iowa on the road after that win against Penn State, that might be equally as impressive as beating Penn State at TCF Bank Stadium last week. I would say it's close. Is P.J.? Are Barry though? Because if that's if that's the case, if he's going to stick around here for twenty years or something, see there there's just there's so there's so much to find out to me that we don't know yet. Is he here for two more years and then he gets 
the Notre Dame job, and he bolts, and now you're trying to replace him, and you possibly hire a, his coordinator or something like that, or does he say, you know what, I like it here, it's great here, because if he's going to stick around for 15 years, my answer is probably different. Yeah, because you could build if you build something here and you stay here, and kids are like, this is a great place to play now, because they do have, they've got the stadium. They've got the practice facility now. I mean, they used to have a shed they practiced in where the punts were hitting the roof, and, and it also, leaked. It's just a way to think about this too. It's just a way cooler place to live than most college towns. Agreed. It just is. Yeah. But but also, does it remain a cool program too? Because that was the problem. It was a not not a cool program for forty years. Is that right? More than forty years. Yeah. It just wasn't the place to be. And, and Wisconsin, Wisconsin turned a, a corner because Wisconsin, you know, with Don Morton was awful. They mm-hmm. were a complete joke too. And Camp Randall was empty and nobody cared. And Barry came in and it became the cool place. And game day there now on Saturday is fantastic. So if you can do that here and PJ is going to stay here, then yeah, I, I think sustained success is a real possibility, but I have to know that. So, Rami, are you, just back to what you were saying, are you are you saying that the College Football Playoff Committee is willingly putting in yes. worse teams? <laughs> worse teams. I'm saying that they don't... Whereas in every other major sport, it's determined by the results on the field who advances to the next round to play for something meaningful. It's determined 100% results yes, on the field. exactly. There's, like, results on the field are still making up and a large percentage of what's happening but in these rankings. But perception plays in. Perception plays into that committee that decides who gets into that playoff. And there is inherent bias when you start letting humans and perception decide what's going to happen rather than purely the results that happen on the field. And I think, to some degree, the system is rigged against programs like Minnesota and even like Wisconsin to climb that ladder and be perennially recognized as a top-notch yeah. program. And and I think my counter I I agree there's there's definitely some built-in bias and I think some of it's earned bias too. If you if you've dominated like Alabama has for that long and you're getting all these five-star recruits thus, thus validating your roster. You've got a bunch of good players. You're not you're, you're you're never losing more than one game in a season. It's there's some bias Putting Alabama fourth, for instance, above the Gophers at eighth, mm-hmm. definitely. The Gophers are undefeated. Alabama has one loss, but I don't really have a huge problem with that because I think if you're, I think there's two different ways you could go off this. Who's the more deserving team to be uh, a fifth? Alabama's fifth. I mean, I should I should have said fifth. Um, who's the more deserving team to be fifth, knocking on the door to get into the top four? I would say the undefeated team at this point is the more deserving team. If you're just going off of what have they done with their schedule so far, right. they're fifth, right? Exactly. But if you're asking me. Who, in all honesty, is the better team and the better roster, Alabama or Minnesota? If those two teams played right now, Alabama's a better team. So I think it depends on how you look at how the ranking should shake out. But I think there have been times, when I was working in Milwaukee, there were times where I felt like that Wisconsin program was on a level where, not that I would pick them to beat Alabama, but I felt like they could go into a bowl game and hold their own against Alabama, and they weren't considered in the same class as Alabama by the committee. They just did not get that respect. And I think you'll run into the same wall with the Gophers. They'll get to a certain point, 
and then it'll be banging your head against a wall to break through and be one of those teams who, like I said, is perennially recognized and respected as a top-notch program. When does the playoff get to eight teams? That's my question. It it just needs to expand because we need to minimize the rest of these silly bowl games. Bowl games are just a waste of, of time, so make them playoffs. Agreed. Just make them playoffs. What happens to, uh, does does that mean, like this year, the Rose Bowl is not among the college football playoff system. Does that mean that when we, because ex- it's it's a when at this point. It's not an if, right? There, there's going to be an 18 playoff at some point in the next five or ten years. Yep. Does the Rose Bowl, does the extra bowl game or two become the quarterfinal so. round? I think or so, yes. Something like that? That sounds right. Okay. Um, but that's the next question, right? The Gophers right now, according to ESPN.com, would be in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Which is, Gophers versus sadly, Oregon in the Rose Bowl. All I want. I'll take it. I, I'm good with that, too. I'll, I'll just take it. Yeah. Like, if you were, were to say right now, roll the dice, okay? But it could be a playoff year, or let's stop it right now and take Pasadena <laughs> January 1st. I'm stopping it right now. cashing out? I'm stopping, I'm stopping the machine right now. I'm cashing out. I'm walking away. Just going to the window. I am. He's taking his chips to the window. I'm not kidding you guys. <laughs> is this, by the way, is this a bonus lesson from Sports Dad? Because Sports Sports Dad, by the way, turns 50 years old today. Congratulations. Thank you very Sports much. Judd's old yeah. dad. I, I hope it. I can make it there. A half century on Earth today. <laughs> Me and my liver and all those things. Made it 50 years. How old Congrats, is your liver? Buddy. Oh, I think it's about 62 right now. <laughs> That's not bad. Really? I was, bad. I was thinking about 70. 70. 70. Yeah. It's like Roy, it's Only Roy's, a 12-year difference there? <laughs> it's Roy's age. Impressive. It's 73. I thought your liver was aging like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I think it is. Sometimes I wake up on Saturday morning and don't disagree with you. So la- later on in the hour, uh, we're going to have a special birthday edition of Pecking Order where uh, our resident sports dad, Judd Zolgad, gives us five sports dad lessons from his 50 years on Earth. We'll thought long and hard about all of these. <laughs> we'll do Is that. it one from every 10 years? Like something you learned no, before the age no, of 10? Okay. No, it's an accumulated, right. it's accumulated sports life lessons that I feel I can teach. Okay. Awesome. All right. Great. I, bring something I to can't wait. I, 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 I'm always ready to absorb wisdom, sports dad. So that'll happen later on in the hour. Also, when we come back here, Colin Kaepernick. So the news came out today that Colin Kaepernick is going to get, he's going to get, uh, a 32 team, if 32 teams want to show up with scouts this Saturday, he's going to have a workout in front of 32 NFL teams. And there's, there's been a little bit of back and forth. Kaepernick wants to push it to Tuesday or another Saturday. But let, let, let's let's not go down that path. Here's the path we're going to go down when we come back. Would you sign him if you were a quarterback needy team? He hasn't played in three years. Would you sign Colin Kaepernick? And would you take on the quote-unquote baggage? Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. And for Gopher fans out there... Federated Insurance has been a proud supporter of University of Minnesota Athletics for a number of years, and specifically turnovers for kids. So Federated is a Minnesota-based company down in Owatonna, Minnesota. In fact, uh, Owatonna, you go to Owatonna, and Federated is uh, it owns the town, and they might as well change the name of the city to Federated at some point. Uh, I've had a couple trips down there to meet the great people and the helpful people of Federated Insurance. And so they combine their century plus of experience helping businesses become as successful as they can be and protecting businesses with also a philanthropic uh, spirit. Like with this turnovers for kids, every forced turnover by the Gophers defense, Federated donates $1,000 to Big Brothers Big Sisters. You can find out more about the industries Federated protects and find out about your local Federated marketing rep at federatedinsurance.com. Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Kaepernick, remember, very athletic. He can run with the football, and there he goes. And he's got a first down. Look out. Midfield. So 
going. Inside the 30, Uh the 20, the 10. Touchdown, 49ers. 78-yard run. Chris Cook trying to track him down, but he had no chance. Watch this play. Colin Kaepernick. Watch the tempo of the ball. This guy's been known for fastballs. Now with his refined mechanics, that ball has arc to it. It's still firm. It doesn't make the receiver wait for it, but it's able to get up and down. Football! Football! That sounds like tasted like football. Didn't it? It sounded like what? Tasted like football. The sound bite. Who was that? Was that Steve Young? I thought you meant that one. No, no. no the analysis of the throw. Oh, Trent oh, Dilfer. Dilfer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he right. loves football. Oh, man. Trent Dilfer. So, Colin Kaepernick, story comes out. The NFL is essentially opening up a workout for Colin Kaepernick on Saturday. He has not worked out for any NFL teams in three years. He hasn't played in three or four years. And uh, he's just been he's just, just been out of the league, but staying in shape. And they're saying, "Hey, short notice." I know. By the way, there's there's going to be no GMs or coaches at this thing because it's a Saturday before a game, unless there's a bye week and a coach wants to go out there. It's probably going to be scouts. But here's my question for you guys: How many two parts? If you were if you were quarterback desperate as a franchise, mm-hmm. what would your level of interest be? If Colin Kaepernick performed well in this workout on Saturday, what would your level of interest be in signing him? Well, Phil, I don't work for the franchise, but I know quarterback desperation, and I am very interested in Colin Kaepernick as a Bears fan. Okay. Yes. And then my second part to the question is, and it particularly applies to Bears fans, how many quarterbacks, give or take, can you definitively say are better than Colin Kaepernick was the last time he played, so just a few years ago? Is that he, are in the league right now? Yes. Because I don't think it's 30. No. No, no, no. It's no. not 30. It is definitely not 30. No, there aren't 30 quarterbacks in the world better than the last version of Colin Kaepernick we saw, which wasn't great. He wasn't great the last time we saw him. He wasn't bad. He also had like Jim Tom Sula as a head coach, didn't he? Yes. So here's my question about this entire thing, though. Since the story broke yesterday, what's the league doing here? Because they're clearly they've clearly got a game that they're playing, a Saturday workout, and I think the league came out yesterday and sent an advisory to teams late yesterday about this. So it's late on a Tuesday for a Saturday. And the Kaepernick camp came back and logically said, hey, let's do this on a Tuesday when everybody else works out because everybody's off. And they're like, oh, no, no, it has to be. And so, like, can we do it on a different Saturday? Like, no, it has to be now. It's weird. It's really weird. I would, if I was a team, I would look at them long and hard. The issue is it's almost like it's collusion of some sort. So do I expect him to sign? I really don't. I personally, heck yeah, I'd look at him. It definitely reeks of there the the league is clearly sick of of being uh, cast in the light of collusion and uh they, it, they, they to me this is very much PR first. Hey, hey there's no collusion. 32 teams are but by the way if if 32 teams take a look at him and he looks pretty good and no one signs him it's still collude like there's still a level of whether it's collusion or teams they're just so afraid. Nobody allowed that, though. Other than the teams, no one else can watch. But this. there's going to be video footage of his interview and of his. Yeah. There's going to be video footage which could easily be leaked to anybody who has like any so. Jake Laser. And or, they're doing it on a Saturday. Yeah, that's when what I'm saying. Teams are getting ready for football games. Correct. Kaepernick's camp asked for this to be done on Tuesday. Right. And the league was like, "We're going to do it on Saturday." They're like, "Can we reschedule?" They're like, "We're going to do it on Saturday." Yeah. So I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what this is, and I don't even know. Like, if this was just a PR stunt, the NFL. 
Like, every day that went by, they were further and further away from whatever controversy came out of this whole Colin Kaepernick saga. They, they, if, if this re-stirs the pot of the Colin Kaepernick controversy, they've completely 100% brought this upon themselves. Like, forget about who's right and who's wrong in this whole thing. The NFL very easily could have left the Colin Kaepernick thing in the rear view, never looked back, and and like I said, fewer and fewer people were going to think about it every day. Why would you put on a PR stunt now, at this point, and bring it back into the forefront? It makes no sense. Because something else is going on that we don't know about. There, there, there was some type of agreement. There's some type of... They wouldn't do this un- unless there was something between the two parties that called for this. And that's why I think they said, they came in late and said, it's on Saturday. And the Kaepernick camp's like, oh, no, no, let's do it as on you Tuesday, said, Rami, on teams, Tuesday. Most teams are or, off. or if we have to do it on a Saturday, let's do it down the road so that we can plan this out. And like, oh, no. Now, there's, so- there's, there's something that we're going to find out that they're not telling Here's us. Here's a theory. Actually, it's, I'm stealing it because I heard Stephen A. Smith say this this morning on ESPN. Everybody sort of mocked and ridiculed the partnership between the NFL, Roger Goodell, and Jay-Z. Remember that? That yeah. came out a few months yeah, ago. Yeah. And like Joe, Jay-Z is forming a partnership with the NFL. And the, I think the initial reaction was, wait a second, with how rigid the NFL is and with how toxic the NFL has been with uh, various racial and social issues, Jay-Z is joining forces with the NFL. And apparently no one thought the other way around, which is, well, maybe, maybe Jay-Z is going in to try and... Help build a actually, career. yeah, make a change. Do some do some things that are going to make a difference. So, mm-hmm. is it possible that Jay Z has rolled his sleeves up and said, "Listen, give the guy a workout. This is ridiculous." Uh, I think you know, I, I hear so many people saying, maybe even like fifty percent of our country's worth of football fans saying, "I would never support a team that signed him. If my team signed him, I would not be a fan of that team." And that that I don't think it's as hot now as it was two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, obviously, but. My main two takes off of that fan, like that football fan who's, who's like, Colin Kaepernick, you better not sign Colin Kaepernick. There's like because we've all heard from that fan, mm-hmm. right? Number one, granted, and I'll and I'll and I'll give this to to that fan, mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick. I think did a bad job communicating his message four years ago in a way that got people to think. His message was communicated in a way that got people to react, not think, mm-hmm. and that was my major beef with him. Uh, and so there was just a major communication gap between Colin Kaepernick and probably 50% of American football fans. And instead of it being about uh, police brutality of black people, which is what Colin Kaepernick really wanted to talk about, but wore pig socks and shirts that were distracting from his actual message, people thought that he was disrespecting the military, and it was just a complete cluster bleep. See, Judd? See how I did that? Yeah, cluster that bleep yep, yep, that of, right. that of communication, right? Uh, and so that'd been funny if you bleeped cluster. <laughs> Show myself out, right? <laughs> so, so that's like twice in two. Days. Part one is the animosity between Colin Kaepernick and fifty percent of football fans mostly comes down to major, major gap in communication. And if 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 you if you disagree with Colin Kaepernick after uh, after a good back and forth, that's great. But like we never got to the back and forth, and that was a beef. But number two, are we really to believe that whichever team signs him? runs the risk of losing a large chunk of their fan base yeah. in a country in which we regularly we regularly make concessions based on sports and entertainment figures we constantly go to movies and concerts and sporting events to watch bad people perform 
Like not like bad at their jobs, but criminals perform yes. and yeah. wife beaters but perform. This was right? never, but but this this transcended teams. This was to me never about the teams. It was about the league itself, and the league is the one that got scared. And Trump did a very good job of scaring them, because you can't tell me that they're, you know, pick ten teams. You can't tell me that there weren't ten teams who said, okay, we might not like what he did. And and we might not like what he represents, but he plays quarterback. The hardest position to find. But we don't want the president so, tweeting about our franchise. Right, but, but that, yeah, but that, that was wasn't, But I don't think that was the teams. I think the teams were like, okay, the Trump thing will be fine. But Goodell is the one who got really, really concerned. And and to to well, go back to my point about this workout, I the whole thing still feels like collusion from the top. It doesn't feel like. What one or two teams being like, yeah, we can't chance that. This feels like the commissioner who got bad publicity, who said, I can't have this. The networks were like, this is bad. Because think about it. We are talking about one of, if not the hardest position to find in sports. Goodell did what he always does. Let's go back to the Ray Rice thing. He reacts to public outcry. And he's terrified of losing a chunk of his audience. And so when this hysteria breaks out about a Ray Rice or about what Colin Kaepernick did, and it's ridiculous that what Ray Rice did and what Colin Kaepernick did right, same, are lumped into same the same thing. thing. But that's the world that, that we live in in terms of the, the perception of the league and people who are upset with the way it was handled. Roger Goodell has a long, long track record of instead of doing what he thinks is right, doing what the public thinks is right after there is outcry and hysteria over something that happened concerning one of his players. But I do think that the teams are are culpable in this as well, Judd, because I would imagine that out of the 30 NFL owners, yeah, there are probably those who disagree with Colin Kaepernick's message. There are probably at least a handful that agree with his message, but look at the bottom line and say, mm, we could lose dollars, no. and is he good enough? Is he going to make us enough money by being a good quarterback my, to my make point up is, for the money that he's going to lose? Because Tom Brady could say and do what Colin Kaepernick did, and he'd still have a job. My, I can assure you of that. My point is those teams were told you can't do it. The teams were flat out told you can't do it. Uh, I feel like that would have come out. Um, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so because I think it was very I, – I think that they were – I think the league was really scared, and I think the league said you can't do it. You can't. We can't have it. We can't have him. And and the most – I think the most important dynamic here, and, you know, Trump played a role. The fans played a role. I think the most important dynamic in the entire conversation of guys being basically booted in collusion is one thing. It's television and it's ratings. And when Fox and NBC and ESPN and all of those people come to Goodell and say, we pay the freight, we make the call, Roger goes, okay, that's fine. But but if you're ESPN or you're Fox, if Colin Kaepernick comes back to play football, the ratings are going to go through the roof. Uh, except Can for one imagine? problem, advertisers get mad, and then they're scared of that. But what would an advertiser it, It's be, all a trickle down. But if, if Colin Kaepernick came back and just played football... If he just played football, mm-hmm. and I, by the way, I think. And that's, by the way, I'm with you. I'm just saying what I perceive to be yeah. the underlying issue that drives this conversation. Yeah, but if he just comes back and plays football, and it, and honestly, like whether if I'm a GM, whether I agree or disagree with his original stance, uh, I think I have to know. Listen, man, like the conversation was had four years ago. <laughs> you got your you got your money's worth in that regard. And you lost your money's worth because of it professionally. 
We just want you to come in and play football, man. Just just come in and play football for five or ten more years, and then you can spend the rest of your life doing sure. whatever you want outside of football. If he comes back and just plays football, I really think there's going to be an there's going to be an initial media storm, and there's going to be an initial uh, there's going to be a lot of people outraged initially. But people are so obsessed with football. I just don't think it's as risky as owners and Roger Goodell think it is. I don't think it's as big of a risk. I think there's an initial, ooh, swallow hard, let's brace for whatever the reaction's going to be, and then if he just plays football, that part goes away, and now he's going to sink or swim based on if he can throw a football and still run like he did five years ago. While we've been having this conversation, I compiled a list of quarterbacks, going back to your original question, Phil, who are I think are better then for then sure Tom, better for sure better or at the very least have the promise and potential that I would definitely take them over Colin Kaepernick at this point. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. 16. There are 16 in the league right now who fit one of those two criteria. You want to name them? I could rattle off the list if you'd like. Brady, Jackson, Watson, Mahomes, Carr, Rivers, Dak, Wentz, Rogers, Cousins, Stafford, Breeze, Ryan, Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. I'm trying to think of who you might have left out. You said, is Dak on your list? Dak is on my list. Yeah, but I mean, he is. Yeah. T- Teddy on your list? No. No. Which he should be. But he's for sure a backup. I'm saying, I'm saying for certain. But he's for sure a backup. Th- there, there are guys who aren't on that list who you could make the argument for, and I might even make the argument for, but those are the ones who for certain. Can you imagine Can you, if you signed Kaepernick tomorrow and, and he's in playing shape and he's your backup, can you imagine the three or four plays per game he could run for you? He'd be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. He'd be an absolute nightmare. So there's no there. There have to be several teams who would definitely say, you know what, sign us up. But the question becomes again: is is this a real plan by the league to help him get back in, or is this just a step in in what's been to me years of deception to make it look like, oh, we're we're good guys? Yeah. He also, know. you know, he's. I just looked up his last couple of years in San Francisco, and his head coach was indeed. Porn stash, Jim Tom Sula. That, that, he was an all pro coach, man. Dude. Dude, as Alex Boone, I think has has said this a couple times on Purple Daily. Just like, I mean, Jim Tom Sula, nice guy, but dot dot dot. Did you guys ever uh, play any of his press conferences? Oh yeah, here. Oh my god, just sweating profusely. That guy was a press conference superstar. Yep, defensive line coach, right? I think so. I don't yeah. think he have ever ascended to coordinator. I think he went right from something like defensive line coach to head coach. Yeah. Dude, it was don't amazing. skip that step, kids. It was amazing. Freddie Some... Kitchens, Jim Tom Sula, don't skip that step. <laughs> You're right, Freddie, yeah. Freddie Kitchens, poor Freddie Kitchens. But you know, think about this with Kaepernick too, okay? Because this this factors in. This is the, this is the exact same thing we talk about with current pitchers in Major League Baseball. If you're a starting pitcher and you're stuck on one of the eight teams that has fallen behind the times and doesn't know what they're looking at with analytics, and you go to the Houston Astros or you go to the Minnesota Twins who've done a really good job squeezing toothpaste out of the tube, you can re- you can resurrect your velocity, your career, and uh, you can make a lot of money, right? Justin Verlander goes to the Astros from the Tigers who were antiquated and didn't know what they were looking at, and he adds velocity, becomes one of the best pitchers in baseball again. Colin Kaepernick was by a lot of smart people's accounts, the future prototype quarterback and maybe the best quarterback in the NFL by some measurements at his peak when he was a Super Bowl quarterback. And two years after that, he winds up with Jim Tom Sula as a head coach. Uh, He winds up benched, and that's around the same time where he takes a knee. And so it combination of off-the-field stuff with antiquated offensive system and bad coaching staff 
if you were to strip away the off the field stuff and he focuses 100% on football and the right team signs him, I know Baltimore's already spoken for because they've got Lamar Jackson, but a Baltimore Ravens like franchise that knows how to structure a system and personnel and a culture around Colin Kaepernick, I'm kind of with Rami. I think he can be a top 20 quarterback in the NFL again. Yeah, I don't think you could come up with 20 quarterbacks who you can definitively say that guy's better than Colin Kaepernick. It's impossible. I came up with 16, but okay, there might be a gray area where you come up with 20. Somebody tweeted me. I, it was uh, Tate. I got to 20 QBs tweeting me and score cool. north. Then he's, then he's, then, there's, then 32, he should be there's 32 teams. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, then he should be signed. There's no reason why, if he wants to be in this league, there's no reason why he shouldn't be. There's no compelling case. He uh, didn't do anything illegal. He didn't beat his wife. He didn't beat, beat his kids. He'd be fine if he did those things. Though that's the sad, and that's the pathetic thing, too. Yeah, Kareem, Kareem Hunt is back. You know what the pathetic the thing is? The pathetic thing is this league found it, and I'm not surprised by it, this league found it easy to kick Ray Rice out, not because he did something bad, but because he was easy to kick out because he was an aging running back. And then they made it look like they were, oh, oh, we, mis- we, we misjudged, but now he's out. He was out because he was an aging running back. Yeah. Not because he, it, it was such, so easy to say, there's the perfect example because Ray Rice is a guy that no one else is going to pick up, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing with Colin Kaepernick and this entire story was they've actually managed to ostracize him um, from this league for how long now when he definitely had something. A Belk Bowl quarter zip tweets into the show. I'm sorry, that again? Oh, the Belk Bowl. There's more to it. The Belk Bowl. A Belk Bowl quarter zip wanter. Tweets into the show. I don't know what any of that means. The Belk Bowl. The Belk Bowl. The Belk Bowl is a bowl game. It's oh. a college football bowl game. And the quarter oh. zip, you must have gone to it and got a quarter zip. My bad. Well, I guess no, don't uh, about I it. know that we'll be playing a game show with Rami in a few weeks. <laughs> we play is this it a real game. bowl is game? Is yeah. a bowl game? <laughs> we I will we do, actually used to play this game. Right it's fun. Now, I'm going to do miserably at that game. <laughs> Terribly. And I'm okay with that. But the Belk Bowl quarter zip wanter tweets in. Every hater forgets everything about Colin Kaepernick the second he gets a big win for their team, and that's what I'm saying. That's that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so, be interesting to see what uh, what happens with the. We sport are a forgiving people when you do good things for our sports teams. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, he threw three touchdown passes. Yeah, I guess I'm okay with it. Uh, all right, sports dad, are you ready to to share some wisdom with us when we come back I've here? Got a list. Can't wait for this. I've got a list all all planned up. All right, we're gonna do uh, an impromptu pecking order here because Judd turns fifty today, and uh, Judd is the resident sports dad of Score North. So, sports dad has put together some life lessons watching Minnesota sports yes, for a I half have. century. Yes, I have. things that uh, young. Young spring chickens like Rami and I and Jonathan can. Oh, you guys aren't that young. Can learn. I, st- I don't think I'm still a spring chicken. Are you 40 now? 40. He turned 40 this year. You're not a spring chicken. Don't worry about it. Although, I mean, I, I kind of looked like it on the basketball court yesterday, guys. Just saying. I don't know, man. Just saying. Yeah, somebody yeah. tweeted in a gif of Mario trying to jump up and hit the, the question <laughs> box. <laughs> but in, in Rami fashion, being unable to reach it. Yeah. <laughs> People have asked me, including my girlfriend, if that was my real. Most sincere attempt at dunking a basketball, and the truth is yes. <laughs> oh yeah, why would you lie? <laughs> well, for comedic effect, maybe I could see myself. It's doing hard that. to get off the ground. I'm with you on that. That that was, in all honesty, every all the juice I could muster up to try and get, and try and get to that. Rim. Who has more vertical, the Big Show or Rami Maklov in that video? <laughs> like, the, like the like the Big Show wrestler? Yeah. The big oh show my wrestler. gosh. 
Probably the Big Show. You think so? I don't <laughs> yes. know if either one of them jumps over a phone book, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they both probably trip on a clipboard. <laughs> uh, but if people want, Rami went through an athlete challenge. A jump he shot. attempted the Timberwolves the jump challenge. Jump shot was wet, though, man. It was smooth. <laughs> what did you just smooth, say? Smooth, man. Are you kidding me? Splish, splash. Yeah. Splish, splash. Swishity, okay, swish. Jeremy. You saw it. You know it. You loved it. If you want to watch the whole video, or if you don't, <laughs> go check it out. Score North Twitter. Score North Facebook. <laughs> Rami Maklov attempting the Minnesota Timberwolves Challenge. We'll hear from Sports Dad when we come back and a Twins hot stove update in about 20 minutes from now. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North, Score North app. And I'm currently perusing through LutherBrookdaleToyota.com right now, the pre-owned inventory section. Uh, somebody wise once told me about 10 years ago, as you look around for pre-owned vehicles, A, Toyotas are some of the most durable in the world. You can drive those things. There's a reason why 80% of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today. Uh, it's because the cars are awesome, and it's because of great service departments like the one my family and I have been going to at Luther Brookdale Toyota. But right now, there's a bunch of great pre-owned uh, selections. Like this one here, a 2016 Corolla Sport Model, red color. It's got 45,000 miles on it. That means you can probably put another 200,000 miles on that thing before uh, you have to lay it to rest. Thirteen nine ninety five. Check out the pre-owned inventory section at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com or stop by. Open until 9 o'clock tonight on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Jonathan here with the Score North download brought to you by Tondrick Financial. The Score North Podcast Network consists of more than a dozen shows from Purple Daily and Raised by Wolves to The Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com, the free Score North mobile app, or just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast. Vikings injury report coming out for this Wednesday as we head into Vikings Broncos. Did not practice today. Linval Joseph, Adam Thielen. And Josh Klein. That is the major. That's the interesting notes on that injury report. That's been your score north download. Now back to Mackie and Jonathan Rami. All right, thank you, Jonathan Harrison. We'll get to a Twins hot stove update in about 15 minutes from now. But gentlemen, it is the 50th birthday of our guy Judd Zolgad. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are you Glad guys to be here. We'll celebrate tonight, or. Uh, no, I'm going to go home and watch TV. Wife's cooking, I think. Ooh, nice. She's going to be cooking. Good you, cook. Uh, She's a very good cook. Did you request something? No, I said surprise a me. Favorite? I no. said surprise me. Do you so, have a favorite that you made? Not really. Good cook, though. All around good cook. Good. All right. Never disappointed. So I'm going to go home and watch uh, probably Timberwolves. and uh, all the right things. No, she's legitimately a really good cook. I'm very I believe impressed. You. I'm, I'm I believe very I have, impressed. I have had some of Don's cooking at tailgates before, it's, and Judd is does correct. Does she have a specialty, yeah. like Italian, Mexican, no, not really. Chinese? No, 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 no. She she loves cookbooks and like just reads them randomly and comes up with, like with different things, and I it's like really, that. really good. So I give her credit. So, Judd, why don't, uh, and Jonathan, why don't we fire up a little uh, appropriate music here, some NFL Films music. The pecking order originated. <laughs> you can always play NFL Films music. Oh, for sure. For everything. The pecking order originated like five years ago with actual rankings of NFL teams. Sure. Uh, but it has now evolved over the course of five years to what we're going to do right now, which is Judd Zolgad, resident sports dad of Score North, and life lessons he's learned. In 50 years on Earth. Sports, life lessons, I've got five, okay? All right. I'll start at five and work my way upward. Okay. Number five, tapping into events of recent days and weeks and years. Kids, consider cheating. 
Patriots and Astros, right? Mm-hmm. Have they not been massively successful because they're bending the rules, because they're cheating, because they're filming practices, because they are banging on garbage cans if it's going to be a curveball? We tell our children not to cheat, and then what do the most successful people do? They cheat, They man. cheat like crazy. Yeah. Now, don't get caught. I'm not advocating that you should blab about your cheating, but in 50 years, I've learned it's getting caught that's the problem, because if you cheat... <laughs> Either if you cheat in business I'm or taking notes. if you so, cheat in sports. So should I put in parentheses, getting caught is the problem? Yeah. All right. Think about it. Today's episode. Belichick didn't want to get caught. Do you think the Astros right now are like, caught. Oh, yeah, no. exactly. Okay. So number five, consider cheating. It can pay off in championships, which is what we're all after. Just don't get caught. I mean, you know what? 20 years ago, the Gopher basketball team had a couple papers written for him. Exactly. Big deal. Which, by the way, now... Where did they get him? A Final Four. Which, by the way, now would still be on the books, and the banners would still be up because the NCAA now really wouldn't care. Yeah, the NCAA is too busy uh, trying to suspend kids for taking loans from friends. Consider cheating as number five. Number four, never take success of your teams for granted or assume it. Especially in this state. I was a teenager when the Twins won the World Series in 1987, and I was 21 when they won their second in 1991. So within a five-year span, I saw two world championships from our from one of the four major men's sports teams in this town that we like. 28 years later, Timberwolves, Wild, slash North Stars, slash Twins, slash Vikings, zero championships. Did you think in 1987... That this was going to be... And in 91, I thought... In nine, in, if you had asked me the night the Twins won the World Series, or if you had stated to me that night, here's the deal. The four men's sports teams. Well, one, the North Stars are going to move. And two, no one's going to win as far as the Vikings, Wolves, or Twins. Again, a championship. I would have said, you're crazy. By 2020, Phil. You also had the you know, yeah the North Stars. And you were like the six, so if you come and said, "Mister, here's what's going to happen." Nothing. I was just, "That kid, no. get out of here." My parents would have taught me to never talk to a stranger that looks like Judd Zolgat. <laughs> Especially if he's wearing a trench coat and a mesh. <laughs> I was 21 at the time. It was much different. Number three life lesson that I've learned in 50 years on this planet, and this is a very important one. Is not going to surprise anybody in this room or listening. When in doubt, tank. And if you're an expansion team, lose a lot. I don't want to see you go in year one and try like the Vegas Golden Knights did and get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I love how you think that's a bad thing. And if thing. you're a bad, you, a bad thing, because you, got to the Stanley Cup Finals. you only get one chance in life to be terrible and loved at the same time. Expansion teams. But more importantly... I never thought about it like that. That's actually a fine point, sir. To my friends at the Wild, you've got your chance to be bad now, to tank, to get high draft picks. In other words, in life, Sometimes kids, and I can tell you this from experience, embrace the suck. All right? Okay, what do you have to say? So with your with your Vegas Golden Knights take, which Brahmi wasn't around for that, but Judd literally banged on a drum the whole season as the Vegas Golden Knights were in the Stanley Cup Finals. Going to. It's, before they got there, too. And he said, this is this is terrible. You need, to, you need to be bad early so you can build for the future. Okay, the, what do you what do you say to like Cleveland Browns fans or or like there's been some tanking teams in in sports that just are tanking for ten years. The Timberwolves are one of them, by the way. Yeah, they're just poorly run. Okay, there's no guarantees that tanking is going to lead to something 
glorious. No, there's not. But I think if right. it's done right, it, th- th- there's an opportunity. If you're the Cleveland Browns or the uh, Wolves for years and years, they were just really poorly run. Anyway, I love the rule number three: run it down, get, tank. You only get one chance to suck and still be loved. It's true. <laughs> you're you're one and two. If you're a new franchise, you're going to be loved, and you can finish last. And everyone's going to be like, "But yay, sports are back in our town." Amazing. That's number three. <laughs> I gotta put the glasses back on to see because I'm 50 now. Number two. Oh, number two is a going to be a Phil Mackey favorite. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think I've alluded uh, to this a couple of times since you've been on the show, Rami. But this is this is a Zolgadian favorite. Know when it's time. Athletes don't like it because they always want to play, right? They always want to keep playing. Play till you can't play. But this is about me, not them, and it pains me. It pains me, and it will always have pained me, even though he won a Super Bowl, to see Peyton Manning throwing basically what looked like dead ducks floating around a football field, or to see players who are trying to continue playing look absolutely terrible. David Ortiz was the greatest, because he had a great last year, and the Red Sox are like, David, come back, come back, come back, and David's like, no, Poppy's done. Poppy said he was done, Poppy's done now. Know when it's time, and in fact, get out early. That's number two on my list. Okay. I don't want guys to keep playing. All right. This is about me, and, not them. And you know what? I am perfectly fine with broken down Peyton Manning sitting out half the season. We have huge in. fights about this. Yeah. It was great. All right. What's number one? Number one. Zolgad's 50 years on earth list of sports rules, sports dad rules to live by in Minnesota. Especially. Assume failure until you see success. <laughs> it makes it easier. Wait, PJ Fleck. We played a clip from PJ Fleck, to and start I told the show, you it would take a lot of exact opposite. And I told you it would take a lot of therapy. I told you one Saturday afternoon at TCF Bank Stadium is not going to cure how I feel. So it was assume failure until until you see until success. You see success. Until it's tangible in front of you. Okay. Assume failure. All right. Ninety-eight Vikings. Two thousand nine Vikings. 2019 Twins. Oh, this is the year they're going to beat the Yankees. Oh, wait, no, they're the only series among the division series that didn't go five. What's wrong with flipping it inside out? What's wrong with taking the P.J. Fleck approach and saying, you know what? I'm going to go glass half full on this thing. I think the Timberwolves, I think the Timberwolves have turned a corner and Andrew Wiggins is uh, finally blossoming and the West has a couple weaker spots than people thought. And the Timberwolves are going to make the playoffs. Like, what's coming, the worst that can happen? This if coming I take from that? the same man who, when Blair Walsh lined up for the twenty-seven yard field goal, told his friends he's going to miss. That's true. <laughs> the, room, the room went silent as he was lining up for the field goal, and I, out loud, to a room of fifteen people, said, "Oh my God, something's going to happen." <laughs> All right. So, Mister Hypocrite. <laughs> Get out of the house! <laughs> the call is coming. The field goal is coming can from I, inside the house. Can I recap? Because I boiled them down the to post their simplest game show? You want to do a post-game show? As he was giving these out. It's the wrong well, pe- Pecking order post-game show here. <laughs> yeah. Brought to you by... <laughs> Consider cheating. Getting caught is the problem. That was that was the first one. That's number five. <laughs> Never take for success for granted or assume it. When in doubt, tank, and if you're an expansion team, lose. Quote, embrace the suck. I'm just reading my notes back to you. Yeah, that's correct. Know when it's time, 
for Judd's sake. Yes. Strictly for Judd's sake. I don't want to see you so struggle. he doesn't have to watch bad athletes anymore yep. and assume failure until you see success. That's the postgame show. Good God, There man. it is. Those 50 are... years, the life lessons Judd Zolgad, turning 50 years old today, has learned as the sports dad. And wow. you know what? I've been... I, Amazing. I, I am a creation of the state, okay? I'm a creation of the state. This is not... If I grew up in Boston, guess what? That list is very different. Actually, you know what? I I think this is as good a time as any for me to have the talk with with Sports Dad that I I told you I wanted to have with Sports Dad, Phil. Would you agree? Yeah. Am I Sports Mom or what am I? (laughs) Sure. This is weird. Really weird. Let's call you Sports Mom. The bearded lady. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I came to Minnesota... An optimist by nature. It's how I. It's how I live my life. It's how I've always lived my life, and I think it's a good way to live your life. And over the course of ten months, not not at large, but when it comes to Minnesota sports, I've had that optimism pounded out of me. That's good. That's good. <laughs> In only ten months, and a lot of it was sports dad, but not just sports dad. Other people would preach this narrative to me that you shouldn't expect good things, and when things are good, you should expect them to go bad. It's that's that's been the mantra that I've heard since I got here to Minnesota, and I started to buy into it. I started to fall into it, and all in one weekend. I said, the Vikings are done. They can't turn this thing around, and they're going to lose to the Cowboys. Minnesota can't beat Penn State, and I still wasn't buying into Andrew Wiggins. And in, over the course of three days, Andrew Wiggins had his sixth great game in a row. The Gophers indeed did win, and I was there to witness it. And the Vikings and Kirk Cousins got a win on Sunday Night Football, and I had an awakening. Mm-hmm. I said, why did you fall into this, Rami? Things aren't destined to be bad. The the shoe isn't always about to drop. So I want to introduce you today to Sports Stepdad. (laughs) Oh, you're not my real father. (laughs) Sports Stepdad is here. Wait, so does that make me the the son or the wife here? I don't know. I'm 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 not asking this question. I'm a sports dad, so yeah. Yeah, I'm not going there. I'm just here to listen to the therapy. (laughs) You're not my real dad. here to be your real dad. That's what I was just about to say. Your dad is great. I like your dad. He's a good dude. But why are you looking at me? But, <laughs> exactly. but your dad, your dad has lived a hardened life. He's he's had it tough. Dad's had it tough, and dad probably drinks too much. But that's another conversation <laughs> for another day. Your dad has been beat down in life, and that's why he sees the world through the prism that he does. And look. I'm not going to sit here and be an an endless optimist. When things are bad, I'm going to tell you they're bad. But there are times where things are good. There are times where you should be optimistic and there's promise on the horizon. And Sports Dad is here to let you know when those times are. Now, your dad and I are going to see eye to eye on, on a lot of things. Because like I said, he's a fine guy. I'm not telling you to tune out your dad. Your dad's a good guy. Your dad's a good dad. But... Your dad has been beaten down by life in some in in some ways, and he probably drinks a little too much. And, <laughs> and so I'm just here as sports stepdad, little younger, a little hipper. Yeah, you know what? You know what? You know what stepdad? You know what stepdad does? You know what stepdad does? Stepdad get your hopes up high, just like like last weekend, and then he disappears. And then who's left to pick up the pieces? 
Sports sounds dad. Like, sounds like stepdad, uh, sports stepdad smokes a little bit too much of that plant. I think, I think my, my question would be for sports stepdad. Yes. Okay, there's going to be time, sports stepdad, where you're going to have to have a serious chat mm-hmm. with one of the Minnesota sports teams. Sure. Okay? Mm-hmm. Are you capable I'm willing of laying down the law yes. on, yeah. your, on your son Timberwolves? <laughs> I like will. It. But I, I don't believe look, you. I'm I'm not I'm not the authoritative stepdad. I'm not here to assert, assert some side, some sort of authority on you. I'm not the stepdad who says you may not like me, but you'll respect me. I'm not that stepdad. I'm just here to be a part of the family, not to take it over. We're all one big family. Me, your dad, your mom, you. We all love you, and we're all one unit, and we're all pulling on the same. You end. bring the ice cream, and then the kids eat, eat it, and bounce friend. off the walls, and then you go home. Am I, am I trying to be your friend? Is trying that... to be my friend, or you want to be the dad? Because I'm really confused. Here. I mean, it can be a gray area. There could be no, a gray no. area. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Nope. That's think... not how this works. <laughs> yeah. Ten months clearly hasn't been long enough for you, Robbie. Yep. Yep. You need a couple more years. You'll get it. You'll yep. understand. I'll get through to you eventually. It's amazing. Look, I understand, I understand. I understand that you're not going to accept me into the circle right away. I have to earn this trust. I have to earn this love. I'm a new member of the family, and I'm willing to put in that work. Still not my real dad. <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami. We'll get there, guys. We'll get there. Mackie, sports dad, and sports stepdad on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. Twins hot stove. When we come back, includes a rumor about a big-time free agent pitcher and a rumor about a guy the Twins uh, would like to have on their staff next year, but there's going to be competition. They just have to get me a new bottom part. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Reckless speculation. You want reckless speculation? How about reckless trade speculation? It is hot stove season, gentlemen, and all we really have as baseball fans the last few years is the speculation yes. part because the actual signing usually doesn't happen Maybe for a long time. Maybe that's the genius of Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. The longer there are no signings, the longer we talk about it and recklessly speculate. Reckless speculation. Uh, that's giving a guy a lot of credit who doesn't deserve it. Sly like a fox. So we think he's thinking on level one. You've got him on level four, yes, right? Exactly. He's uh, and the he, matrix. And that's as insincere as I've ever seen you be, Rami. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I admire. So I'm going to go through a couple of the two, three, four nuggets here that pertain to the Minnesota Twins. And some of these, there's a couple of these that are from MLB trade rumors. But let's start out with the news that came out from... Our buddy Dan Hayes from The Athletic covers the Twins, does a great job for The Athletic, and he's reporting the Twins have elected to extend the contracts of Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. Those contracts were already through 2021. They have now been extended through 2024, and Derek Falvey has a new title. And I don't know why they didn't just go with this title when he got hired. Uh, They went with the Vice President and Chief Baseball Officer title a couple years ago. And now he's just going to be president of baseball operations. So how do you guys feel about Derek Falvey and Thad Levine around through uh, 2024? Awesome. Five years of those two Love guys. it. Love it. Those guys won me over really, really fast. Yeah, Not, not think, on like a personal level. I don't know them. But like from a baseball level. They're good dudes, too. Are they? Yeah. I'll take your word for it. They're good dudes. <laughs> All right. But most importantly, they're smart dudes. And they know how to run a front office. And they've brought an influx of great young 
they brought in great young talent, and they've yeah. taken some good, talented young players that the Terry Ryan regime had, and they've jump-started their career. I thought that might leave at, at some point. But he could have left Texas at any point, too. I mean, True. And and I, I know that the Mets called about him last year, and he wisely said no because the Mets are a complete dumpster fire. And then it sounds like the Red Sox called about Derek after this season, and he said no, which is probably wise, too, because I, I think Boston... For as much as they potentially have to spend, I think they're they're a little bit odd club. I don't get them. So, yeah, I think that uh, it's a good team. It's a smart move. And the only thing is, I'm with you. I don't understand why you wouldn't have named him president of baseball operations. Yeah, it seems overdue. Do you know how long it took me to get used to typing chief baseball officer? Yeah. It doesn't roll off the fingers. Yeah, they got cute with that title. It's like CBO. And then I thought, oh, they're proud of it, so they're going to keep that as title. And now I'm going to have to get used to this one, but at least this one makes more sense. Yeah, this this kind of sort of fits with uh, with the standard title for these types of things. Theo Epstein is the president of baseball. I still want to know. Here's my here's my question behind the the scenes that most people probably don't care about, but I just find to be intriguing. How big is the staff now? Like they have so many people there now. Someone actually, I feel like somebody. Told and I think me the Wolves there. are doing the same thing. I know that they've spent as as it's been told to me the last couple of years, they've spent millions, if not even. Tens of millions of dollars on people and systems and technology behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've heard that they've maybe tripled their behind the scenes staff, if not if not even more than that. Yep. I mean, there was a while you could you could literally name on like one hand and a couple fingers their front office, including their analytics department. Terry Ryan was the general manager. Rob Anthony was the assistant GM. You had uh, high level advisors like like Wayne Krivsky was one of them. Tom Kelly was one of them. Uh, Radcliffe, guy Mike Radcliffe was one. They have, and then Brad Brad Style, who's been around as the, I believe, the director of just minor league operations, yep. right? And uh, Jack Going was their head of their analytics department. He had a couple, like he had a couple like interns working for him, and that was it. He's a bright guy, and uh, has been with the Diamondbacks for a couple of years. But yeah, you could you could literally. Just like name the seven guys in their front office, and now I think they probably have double or triple. I would say triple or quadruple that amount of people, and there's a lot of people that they just they don't want talking to anybody. Yeah, they don't acknowledge them really. Yeah, they don't exist. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right. Well, the one guy that they hired uh, this, I believe it's is it Josh Kulk. Josh Kulk is the one they hired, the pitching yeah. analytics guru from the Tampa Bay Rays. There's a great book that was written about the first 10 years of the Tampa Bay Rays called The Extra 2%. It was written by Jonah Carey like, I don't know, eight years ago or something. And it details when the Rays got really good and went to the World Series in 2008 and how they built internally all their systems. And and one of the chapters in the book is about Josh Kalk and mostly how nobody knows anything about Josh Kalk. He used to have a, a pitch FX blog on the Internet. Somebody with Tampa Bay, Andrew Friedman, was a regular visitor of this pitch FX. And pitch FX is basically the movement of pitches, and you can uh, and you can create charts and things like that, and it helps you figure out just different things about a pitcher's delivery and pitch repertoire. And they said, "You want to work for us?" He said, "Sure." They said, "All right, cool." You're shutting down your blog, yep. and you're not telling anybody, including your family. What you do with us, what your title is, you don't say a word and you're wearing to anybody. This, and you're going to wear this fake yeah. mustache. It was literally like you're a government agent. You're yes. not allowed to tell your family what you do. <laughs> yes. You go to an insurance office to work every day. Yes. That's all that they, that's what they think and that's all they know. No label on the building. Uh, and the, twi- the, twi- the twins hired that guy a year or two ago to work behind the scenes. So 
so Derek Falpe, Thad Levine extended through 2024. All right, let's move on. Let's continue our tour through the hot stove here. All right. Reckless speculation. Tomorrow is the qualifying offer deadline. Is that correct? That's correct. Thursday so, is it. So Jaco DeRizzi has to decide, does he want to take a one-year, $17.8 million contract to stay with the Twins? Or does he want to say no, in which case the Twins would get draft pick compensation if he signed somewhere else? Mm-hmm. He could say no and sign somewhere else, or he could say no and sign back with the Twins on a multi-year deal or something. But this report from MLB Trade Rumors via Sportsnet Canada the Toronto Blue Jays have legitimate interest in free agent hurler Jake Odorizzi. The Toronto organization has already held a sit-down with Odorizzi's agents regarding that interest. Such a connection hardly puts the Blue Jays in the driver's seat on Odorizzi, but it's a notable market marker at this early stage. If nothing else, the interest of teams such as the Blue Jays makes it likelier that he will decline the qualifying offer that he's presently considering from the Twins. So agents are allowed to gauge interest right now? Yes. Okay. Yep. You could talk to... You could talk to teams, and then the deadline, as Phil said, is Thursday, and I I don't think there's any way that that he takes it. I'm personally, if I'm him, might take it. It's a nice one-year payday, but I bet he doesn't. And plus, I think the article sort of states, if if you can't kick the tires as an agent, how do you know if there's a market for you to say yes or no to the $17.8 So I think the fact that that at least one team – and the Twins have interest in him. He's probably going to get at least a two-year deal, mm-hmm. so he probably rejects it. Um, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that that Odorizzi's back with the Twins. So if if it, one thing to consider is if he signs elsewhere, if let's say the Blue Jays just hey we're, we're going to give him a four-year deal and it's just going to be for more money than the Twins feel comfortable with, yep. Then my expectation of what they need to do this winter goes up. Then you need two free agent starting pitchers. Yeah. Odorizzi is, is one of them, them, right? Yeah. I mean, Barrios, right? Right. You're in trouble if you don't bring Odorizzi back. Like, there is a lot, of, in, there's a lot of work to do. Are you in trouble, or could you actually take the, take that cash, possibly, and plant it elsewhere in oh, a I'm different not, pitchers? I'm not saying it's, it's, it's doomsday or that they can't recover before the season starts. I'm just saying that there is a lot of work to do here's if my, that happens. Here's my question about a guy like Jake. Okay, so let's say Toronto, and just for the sake of this conversation, the Padres or someone's like, yeah, let's talk about a contract. In this market now, in the current climate, am I convinced that they are genuine suitors? No. Which is why I said that if I'm Jake, I might take that the one year and say, cool, let's do this. Until this league has the potential work stoppage, if I'm a pitcher like him, I might just take the QO and say, thank you very much. Because I'm not convinced that so Toronto. Well, and Toronto is Toronto really interested, or does this look good? Five years ago, I say he's probably gone. Now, who knows? Yeah. When when Kimbrel and Keuchel sit out there until June, I'm far from saying that that it's a done deal. That this uh, group, this crop of pitchers, for sure, is all going to get lucrative, good contracts. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so hard to say because. You're right. If, I brought up Lance Lynn's name a couple weeks ago as an example right. where you got a guy who's had a pretty good track record. He's about 30 years old. He becomes a free agent. He turns down the qualifying offer, and because teams don't want... This is this is the risk that Jake Odorizzi runs. If he turns down... The, just to over-explain this. If he turns down the Twins qualifying offer, that means whoever signs him has to give up a first or a second-round draft pick. And teams, as you saw with Craig Kimbrell, had the same thing, and Dallas Keuchel... Teams are really reluctant to give up that asset because they're going to pay the millions and millions of dollars and a draft pick, right. and they just they all just kind of say, uh, 
I don't know if it's worth it's not it's not as worth it for a number three starter as it would be for like a Garrett Cole. You say, "Hey, go give up! I'll give up another first round pick yeah. if I could get this guy." So, uh, all right, moving down the list here. Reckless speculation from MLB trade rumors. Though Madison Bumgarner did not hit the open market with as much fanfare as once seemed likely a couple years ago. He's still a prominent part of the landscape for starting pitching, and it appears that strong early interest is coming together for the veteran lefty. The Phillies have checked in on Bumgarner per Ken Rosenthal, who notes the potential interplay between the Phillies and their division rivals from Atlanta. The Braves are known to be interested in Madison Bumgarner as well. Uh, Madison grew up not far from Atlanta in Hickory, North Carolina. Those aren't the only Eastern Seaboard teams considering Bumgarner. The Yankees intend to reach out to Mad Bum's reps. Uh, Brian Cashman already said on the record that they're going to reach out, so he's not even being secret about it. And um, that's all the teams are listed in this article. But for sure, before the Twins even get involved, and I'm sure they've laid some groundwork, but uh, Bumgarner's at the top of my list after Garrett Cole. And if the Yankees are in and the Phillies are in, never mind the Braves, the price is going up. Madison Bumgarner, if the Phillies and Yankees want him, it's... $20 $20 million a year starting, and maybe even more than that. Right. So Madison Bumgarner might be out of the equation. I mean, what do you guys What's think? What's the price range here, though? At some point in time, you're going to have to pay somebody handsomely. I mean, you can't just you can't just keep saying, ah, he got away, now he got away, yeah. now Jake's gone to Toronto. At some point, you've, gotta, you've, you've at least got to pick one guy to pay up to. The only two guys that I think that I say realistically no chance here are obviously Colin Strasburg. Like they're not coming here. It's not even worth a discussion. If you want to get mad about it, that's your right. I shoot the right. shot. I shoot the him? shot. I make the call. Oh, to call him, sure, yeah. sure. But I'm just saying they're not coming here to me. But after that, Wheeler, Madbum, that list, you got to pay somebody, or or at least compete heavily. Yep. You know what this is? Here's this is how I would treat it. All right. I'm gonna give a little. I'm gonna give a little advice You're here. You're president little, uh, of baseball. I'm sorry. What, what's the title? Uh, I'm now the now that the chief baseball officer title is open. Chief baseball I'm now officer? the chief baseball Congrats, officer. Okay, dude, that's big. You guys ever do a fantasy football auction? Yes, not a draft. No, I've done an auction. I've done, a, I've done an auction league in baseball, never football. Okay, same so idea. same, same yeah. principle. Okay, yeah. so here's what happens: like the 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 good strategy in theory would be, and I've tried this a million times. I've been in baseball auctions and football auctions. Is let everyone spend their money early, and then you get deals later on, right? Mm-hmm. Then you get deals. Never works. But here's the problem: in a fantasy football league. It's great to get a deal, right? Oh yeah, that, that bozo paid ninety for McCaffrey. That guy paid eighty five for Dalvin Cook. Right? Oh, it's great. I just got who'd you get? Philip Lindsay for fifteen dollars. <laughs> who'd you get? You know? Yep. Oh man, it's over and you're sitting there with like twenty five dollars left. Yeah. Boy, did like, I show him? Oh, right? it's great. I got I got Carlos Hyde for yep. twelve dollars. I yep. got a discount. Okay. If you're the twins, oh man, let's let's wait for. The Mad Bum money and the Garrett Cole money? No. Do it the other way. The more fun way, which is roll into your fantasy yep. auction in the first five minutes. You know what I did this year? I said, bleep it. I'm spending all my money on Saquon Barkley off the jump. And if I win or lose the league, I don't care. I'm spending $100 on Saquon Barkley. So you're Barkley. not doing very well. If you're the Twins, no, I'm not. Not in that league. Because <laughs> I could tell you from the touchdown league, Saquon's not well. doing so well. It's not doing too well. Uh, if I'm the Twins, I just say, screw it. We can win a World Series in 2020. It's your situation. To me, totally. Here, Madison. If Madison's the guy, and you can turn him around yep. like the Astros turn around Verlander. You know what, Madison? What's your price tag right now? Let's go $5 million more on top of that per year, 
and bring him on in here. This is not the time, as as Wetmore has said a couple times on the Scorn of Twin Show, this is not the offseason to win the value war. Well, and you oh, know what? We got the best value. Last year was. I was fine with that. Harper, too much. Machado, too much. And and Thad's whole thing about the window, right? Actually made some sense last year because you didn't know. You legitimately thought this team could be good, but nobody in their wildest dreams said 100-plus wins, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody said that. This time around, I think you got to say we got to go in, and you have to get pitching. You have to get one pitcher. I really believe that you have to get one arm that can slot right ahead of Barrios, and the rest of the rotation from there can sort of fall out. Outside of the two guys who you said are not real possibilities, are there arms on the free agent market who you slot ahead of Barrios? Madbum, I do. Wheeler, I probably do. Madbum, I do for sure. I think he's the type of man. He's not that old. He is wired the exact right way. I I want Barrios to have the ability next year in spring training to show up and be like, I can be the best number 2 pitcher. And, you know, ascending to one eventually would be fantastic. Okay. But this is a win now team. Okay, so let me let's have a little experiment here. Okay, uh, I have a list of the top the the starting pitcher salaries right now in baseball ranked. I'm not okay. going to tell you the money yet. All right. Our goal is to try and figure out how much the Twins are going to have to pay for one of these guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Madison Bumgarner. You tell me. I'm going to go through a list of pitchers here. You tell me when we get to the range of where Madison Bumgarner should slot. Gotcha. And then I'll tell you how much money it's going to cost. Gotcha. Okay. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. I'm skipping Grinky, by the way, because it was. I'm just okay. His his it's it's a little bit skewed based on the how, money he got. Yeah, yeah. I see what you. Max saying. Scherzer, Justin Verlander, David Price, Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale, Jake Degrom, Masahiro Tanaka, Jordan Zimmerman. That's that's yeah, right probably in that, that range. Exactly yeah, right. You, you, and you, Darvish. Yep. You just hit it. $25 million a year. Yep. You, Darvish, makes 22. Masahiro Tanaka makes 23. Jordan Zimmerman makes 25 on a deal that was signed so a while He's going to make more than that. Johnny Cueto makes 21. Jake Arrieta makes 20. He's going to make more than that. Madison Bumgarner and Zach Wheeler will both make $25 million plus per year. And you have to be willing to pay that money. And, and you should pay and? Yes, exactly. I think you should. I think you need to. Garrett Cole is going to be up in the Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander range of, and Zach Greinke range of $35 million. In fact, I guarantee you, if you're Garrett Cole's agent right now, is, that, is he a Scott Boris client? I think he is, yeah. You're looking at Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and saying, my dude was toe-to-toe all throughout the playoffs with those guys on a performance level, yeah. if not better. So the starting salary goes above $35 million. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay, if you want Garrett Cole, you're paying $35 million. If you want Madison Bumgarner or Zach Wheeler, you're paying $25 million a year. You got to do it. You got to do it if you're the twins. Rami? I agree with you. Okay. I agree with you. Yeah. But if it turns out to be a bidding war and it's the Yankees and some of these other teams that you're talking about, it's a tough bidding war to win. Let's take one quick call on this. Twins hot stove. We'll do this every week, by the way. We'll just kind of go through the stories and give our give our thoughts and reckless speculation. 651-646-8255. Hey, Paul, you got about uh, 45 seconds or so. Fire away, man. Well, the question I have is, let's say they can't sign one of these free agents that we're talking about. Does that now highly increase the probability of a trade, uh, like we've been talking for a while, Sano or somebody for a, a top-line pitcher? Because, you know, you guys haven't talked trades at all, and I know free agency is an easier way to go. But if we're not going to pay for Strasburg and Cole and maybe even uh, Wheeler, 
uh, they really have no choice but to trade, right? You want reckless speculation? Oh, you know this ain't gonna happen. How about yeah. reckless trade speculation? Yes, I, Paul's right. I, I bet you that that's their primary path. Well, how about how about both though? Try and sign one. Try and trade for one. If you, you need, like, a, I do you, think they need to add two you, pitchers. Yeah, you need more than one pitcher, and, and I don't think that there's any way that you're going out and signing two on the open market, right? So, yeah, I could see them trading a player. John Gray, go trade for John Gray, former number three overall pick, Rockies. Go what's trade the, for that guy. What's the parameters in your guys' mind of of a Rosario deal? So when Kyle Thousand calls and says, "Hey." Kyle Thousand. And you say, Kyle, we just traded your I'm client. I'm an agent. And Kyle, I'd like to apologize. It's Derek here. I just traded your client. What's that deal? So it's it's Rosario and what for perhaps not a top-line pitcher, but what we consider to be a really quality know, pitcher. I don't know what the value is for Eddie Rosario. I really That's, don't. I don't either. You're going to have to pay up because my client had a 1,000 RBIs. <laughs> No, I just hang up the phone. Yeah, hanging up on you. I'll text you, Kyle. (laughs) Uh, You're not going to get a top line pitcher in a trade for Eddie Rosario. No, what's going to have to go with him? Yeah, or or let's say it's a two or three type of pitcher. So you sign Mad Bum, and then you you acquire one that you consider to be equivalent of Barrios, or probably right behind him. I would actually, you know what I would consider doing? I would consider trading Rosario for a good prospect, and then flip prospects for a John Gray type. So that you're basically trading Rosario for a John Gray, and you're just sort of canceling out the prospects. That's what I would do. Yeah. Something like that. I think there might be something there. But Sports Stepdad says shoot for the stars and include Eddie Rosario in a deal for Mookie Betts. That's where I'm trading. See, this is what Sports Stepdad that you're going to get in your Ferrari and your your midlife crisis and you're going to go home and leave all my kids. (laughs) And I'm in my one-room apartment trying to tell you. See, Sports sports Dad is belligerent. I'm just here to... You know why? I'm not here to fight. I'm not here to fight with him. I love Sports Dad. I'm not going to engage in this. See how dangerous this is? You know, you two are going to be in each other's lives for a long time. You have to figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. We need to find a way to coexist. <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami or Mackie with Sports Dad and Sports Stepdad. In other news when we come back. In other news. That's right. Midweek, mid-show. Time to take a break from all the hard-hitting sports talk that we bring you here on Mackie and Judd with Rami and bring you some of the more weird, wacky, and wild news from around the world, including... Uh, somewhere in uh, St. Louis. Hmm. Police in St. Louis are investigating after a uh, pair of... A- Hold on, that's not the story in I wanted. News. What is this? This is not the story I wanted. I don't want to talk about shootings. That's not fun. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? What's going on? There it is. I clicked on a link by accident in the article I actually wanted to read. Hit, let's start over. Let's start all the, over. Do the whole, the whole, the whole thing. All right, let's okay. My bad. All right, okay. Reset. In other news... The sports stepdad says, uh-huh. "This is yeah, already falling apart." Stepdad, when you fall, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, yeah. and go get him, Tiger. Uh, Crystal City, Missouri. You can file this story under proof. Irony isn't dead. A man walked into the Twin City Coin Laundry in Crystal City wearing a T-shirt with the motto, 
Which is interesting, considering what he did next. While wearing a shirt that said it's not a crime unless you get caught, the man proceeded to break into a vending machine and make off with 15 pounds of change and cash in full view of an HD security camera. And all the man's crime bagged him $600 in cash and change and caused about $1,300 worth of damage to the vending machine. But the owner, the owner hopes it also lands him behind bars. Uh, they are looking for information, but we're nowhere near Crystal City, so I don't need to bother sharing that info with you. That takes balls, dude. That That's a set of that guy to look right into an HD camera while wearing a shirt that says it's not a crime unless you got caught and then jacking the vending machine for 15 pounds and change. That's amazing. That is pretty amazing. I know laws when you're drinking claws. That's what you guys always tell me. <laughs> other news... Uh, all right, this is from Complex.com. Okay. And I know that we have, I know Declan's been obsessed with this the last couple of days. This Disney Plus is yes. all the rage, right? They yeah, had right. some major issues yesterday. Fantastic. I uh, but, uh, watched it yesterday. I watched The Mandalorian, the new Star Wars series. Okay. Which is awesome. Pretty so, good. So, as you were going through the descriptions, did you happen to notice, I'm going to read from the story, Disney Plus killing the vaunted Disney vault for good had many observers and longtime fans of the company wondering how would they deal with their material that dealt with offensive cultural stereotypes. Mm. Well, Disney has now put blurbs on the descriptions of their shows that make it very clear that their old films are racist and culturally (laughs) insensitive. (laughs) So, like, for instance, Dumbo, 1941. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. The the birds? The Dumbo singing. is super racist. Super racist. Yes. Yes. Meet Dumbo. Mrs. Dumbo's sweet little baby mind charms all who see him until it's discovered that he has huge floppy ears. With the support of his very best friend, Timothy Mouse, Dumbo soon learns that his spectacular ears make him unique and special, allowing him to soar to fame as the world's only flying elephant. Contains tobacco depictions... This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions as yeah, well. Yeah, I would say I so. Mean, just yep. brace yourself for how racist these movies 40 are. 40 years, what does it have? What's a, what's wrong? There's a bunch of them here. Well, really? well in Dumbo... Okay, yeah. Can you explain it or get it? In? The, the, the birds, the singing crows, they are... Here, I'll find a picture. They are basically... Oh. Recreations of black caricatures... Oh, that's not good. ...in the early days of TV and radio. Gotcha. Yes. I think I'm trying to find a picture here. I think that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I saw it as a little little kid, but uh, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that's not. not Looking back on it, pretty dark. Not good. Pretty dark. Dayline Hilton Head, South Carolina. A South Carolina man who went to McDonald's for a sweet tea says he received a little extra herbal substance on the side. Mm-hmm. The the Island Packet, which must be a newspaper, reports that Parrish Brown went to a McDonald's on Hilton Head Island and asked for a sweet tea with light ice and extra lemon. Brown now believes extra lemon was code for marijuana since he found three bags of weed in his cup. He says he only realized it once he was, quote, high as a kite. Brown said he'd never had marijuana, so he didn't recognize the taste. He says he paid regular price for the items. The Beaufort County Sheriff... uh, Wait, what did they put in it? They put in packets of marijuana. Three bags... He found three bags of weed in his cup. So in the cup of the sweet tea. Instead like, of, yeah. It was spiked. In its plant form? 
or he it okay. doesn't say or it some doesn't sort say. of edible form was it sounds like it was dosed with that's some my, sort of that's edible my, form. That's okay. my guess. Yeah. All right. Buf- uh, the Beaufort County Sheriff's Office spokesman, um, Bob Bromage, says an investigation is ongoing. He didn't specify what McDonald's Brown had gone to because, of course, a lot of people might just turn around and go there. McDonald's didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. <laughs> so he got more than he bargained for. It sounds like he had a good time, but then realized. I was- had a friend in high school who had this idea. You know those little coffee huts? Like, yeah. you, they're not, you can't even walk in and order a cup of coffee. It's just a drive through yep. coffee hut that you see in parking lots sometimes. Yep. He was like, dude, I'm going to open a coffee hut. And I'm going to have code words. So people, I was like, Dude, you're an idiot. Like, somebody's going to ask for extra sugar. Yep. And you're going to end up selling weed to a cop. Like, you're a, you're a dumbass. What are, you, what are you talking about? Have you guys ever accidentally gotten drunk or high because someone spiked a drink or um, you mistook something? Yes, actually. Yes. I partook. And it was sprayed with something that I did not know it was sprayed with. <laughs> and fast forward two hours later to a parking lot, literally like f- flipping upside down on me. <laughs> I couldn't stand on my feet. I started throwing up. It was a nightmare, dude. Wow. It was a bad, bad scene. Yeah. Like literally, I was I was sitting Boy, in a car. Stepdad has a little. <laughs> yeah. See, this, is, this is the problem with sports right stepdad. Sports stepdad. This is, he's not stable. Sports no, stepdad, not. Not, don't trust him. By the way, the sports stepdad, can you real quick, do you yes. have your first story open still? Uh, no, but I can get it open. Why? Do you, what, what, what was the, what, what shirt did the, did the perp have on? He had on a shirt that said, it's not a crime unless you get caught. So I'm going to reveal something embarrassing here. I'm going to, I'm going to turn my computer toward you. And this is a Facebook picture from okay. 2006. All right. Okay. You're wearing the same shirt, aren't you? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, look at, oh. Goodness! Oh, look! Becky, and you were a punk. Yeah, yeah, he was. Word. <laughs> well, there you go. And by the way, that hat—that's a—that's a quagmire hat. Too. So fitting. Not the proud whole of it. Thing. Thought so you were describing. Who am I working, describing who am I working with here? What are you like, with over there, sports dad? <laughs> This is, you know, I got a lot of work to do here, Jonathan. Good luck. In other news. No wonder I drink. This this might be the goat of in other news stories. If if nothing else, it's at least in the Hall of Fame. And it comes from the uh, New York Post. Premier Inn workers noticed a 26-year-old man acting suspiciously in the hotel parking lot. And so they went to go check out what was going on. And, uh, quote a witness, we saw a white male with his trousers down and we could see his bum, an unnamed hotel staffer said in a statement mm-hmm. read in court. Okay. There was nothing between me and this male. He was about a car length away from me and appeared to be having sex. Workers at the Stockport, England Hotel soon discovered he was merely thrusting into a mound of autumn leaves with his pants around his ankles wow. in full view of fa- in full view of family diners at a nearby restaurant. At one stage, I shouted to him, "What are you doing, you dirty bastard?" And he then left <laughs> up, pulled his trousers up, and sat in the bushes. Cops were called as the workers continued yelling at the man who emerged from the shrubs. After about ten minutes, he gave. No explanation for what he was doing. The witness said, I was concerned for hotel guests. There were children staying in the hotel. You know, 
the 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 initial easy reaction is, what is this guy doing? But, but feels as, like in 2006, but, uh, I was. But as a guy who loves fall, <laughs> yeah, here we go. As a guy who loves fall, kind of see his point. That's the only thing he's guilty of is loving fall. <laughs> My favorite thing about fall is the pumpkin spice latte. Never thought about dipping into it. I think you know what just happened, Jonathan. I think you know what just happened. That has been oh. in other news. By, by the way, we're just barring sports stepdad. We can't have this. No likeness to a, a sports dad can be portrayed by someone who said that about a latte. Wow. Oh. We're going to come back and rap with Royce. Are we real? See how much he loves fall. No, we're going to try to. After we, after we talk about TCL, unfortunately for TCL. Sorry, TCL. We love your TVs. We don't love them on that level, but we love your TVs. We don't love your TVs like that guy loves fall or like Rami loves pumpkin spice lattes. But your TVs have a place in our studios and in the living rooms of many Mackie and Jeb with Rami listeners that continue to send us tweets of their living room setups. Keep those things coming in at Phil Mackie at Score North. We love seeing them. Uh, TCL has 5,000 plus streaming channels. If you're a cord cutter out there, that's a lot of streaming channels. My girlfriend just texted me all capital letters, OMG. (laughs) Who can blame her? Well, I think I know what Rami and his girlfriend are going to be searching for on that built-in Roku device. Probably not safe for work, the terms that they're going to be typing in. But you can find TCL TVs at any major local retailer in the Twin Cities or go to TCLUSA.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. The Score North podcast network consists of more than a dozen shows from Purple Daily and Raised by Wolves to The Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, or just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast. Kirk Cousins was at the podium today, asked about his numbers being up, his yards per attempt, yards per completion. QB rating is up 13 points, and he's one way away from... One win away from matching last year's total. He was asked about what it's, what is the main factor in that. Here's what he said. Well, you know, I think it's a it's a variety of factors. It's hard to point to any one thing. You know, we, we've run the ball very effectively. That takes a lot of pressure off of a quarterback needing to, you know, pass the ball all the time. You know, I'm sure by the end of the year, our attempts will be far less than what they were last year. So that's certainly one place. But uh, I could go down with, with other reasons as well. And ultimately, it comes down to when you have great people around you, you know, that's coaches and players. Uh, and management too. It just puts you in a position to be successful. That's been your score north. Download now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. And yes, TCL Broadcast Studios. Time to wrap with, with Royce. All right, so it's freezing here I again today. How, stand, how warm is it there? I can't stand the humble Kirk Cousins. It drives me crazy. Bring back the arrogant Kirk Cousins. Oh, he'll, come on. he'll come back. Don't worry about it. He'll no, come back. No, no, it was Cold, cloudy. It was in the low 70s and cloudy today. Oh, Very no. Disappointing. No, Very low 70s? That must be terrible. But I did have a problem, as I told you. I got a, I got an old, fat, white guy problem that you don't have too often. I got too many convertibles. I couldn't remember how to put up the top on this uh, convertible here because I have a different one at home, and it's easier, and I couldn't remember where the switch was. Can you, ima- can you guys imagine problem. having that problem? 
You're convertible. You don't know where it is because you get confused. Pat, well, the one down here. The one down here is like twelve years old, and they hide it in a different spot, you know. So. And Pat, anyway. we saw you. Uh, you you went out to an establishment, and uh, you, you you bellied up for a little dinner last night. And <laughs> I looked up, and there he was. And boy, you should have seen the people in the bar look at me like I was crazy when I let out this shriek of terror. It was uh, <laughs> PJ <you> Flag. <laughs> Somebody in the at the uh, he he must be going the uh, November thing, huh? Is he? I think he's there. He's yeah. he just I saw him on uh, on the college football ranking show last night. He just had a he just had the five o'clock shadow beard oh, situation. Okay. Yeah, I thought he I thought he looked a little hairy. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I was going blind after I saw him there. I don't know. <laughs> That's dramatic, yeah, huh? There, there he was. By the way, Pat, I wanted to uh, I wanted to bring this up with the guys, but we we uh, we got onto a couple other tracks here. Yeah, we I did. figure you probably remember watching this team, the 1904 Gopher football team that started nine and zero. Oh, really? Have you I don't know the 1904 yeah. Gopher football team went thirteen and zero, and they were okay. coached by Henry L. Williams. Uh, yeah, they ran a Warina named after him and all that stuff. He's got yeah. all that stuff named after. Him. He and Sid were good friends. They they ran a seven one two one base defense, oh, and yeah. here were the teams they played on their schedule. So they played. Yes, they beat uh, Nebraska. Was the close? Actually, Nebraska was the only team they gave up points to all season. They beat Nebraska sixteen to twelve. They played Wisconsin. They beat Wisconsin twenty eight to nothing. They played Northwestern, Iowa. Uh, they even played Iowa State and uh, and and North Dakota. Here's the other half okay. of their schedule. All right. Okay. Shattuck. Okay, better than Rutgers. <laughs> yep. They're scrappy. Uh, yeah. Carlton. Yeah, better than uh, better Bears? than Maryland. Better than Maryland. Okay. <laughs> they also played Grinnell and Lawrence Iowa schools. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they played St. Thomas. Did they play Minneapolis Central High School or not? They played Twin Cities Central High School yes. and beat them 107 to nothing. They ran up the yeah. score. Should have been thrown <laughs> out of the threw conference. Them out of the league. They threw them out yep. of the Minneapolis City Conference after they beat them 107 to nothing. Presidents got together yeah. and tossed them. Yeah, yeah. It, when you look when you look back, it's pretty hilarious. Now, there's a one very good reason that Bernie Bierman uh, never won nine games in a season, you know. They played eight yep. <laughs> most of those years. So, uh, yeah, and they they were not – Big Ten teams were not allowed to go to a bowl game uh, until after World War II, I believe. Uh, then, they, then they agreed with the thing. So uh, the University of Minnesota, they could not they, – they couldn't go to the Rose Bowl or any other bowl game. They were not permitted to. Yeah. Uh, do you have any life advice for Judd Zolget as he embarks on his next 50 years officially today? Is that right? Way to go, Judd. Yeah, uh, not today. really. Yeah, I don't blame <laughs> you. I don't blame you. You know, uh, you know just, uh, you know, don't worry if you agitate some people once in a while. It keeps your blood pumping. That's my, that's what I'd say. It keeps you going. Drink lots of Diet Cokes. That's another one. Cause it, so far, I'm on the right track. It gets in the arteries. And yep. It kind of works as an anti- uh, Is that how it works? Oh, yeah. It kind of like cleaning out a battery with yep. the fluid, you know. It, it, it cleans it out. So drink a lot of Diet Coke. That keeps your arteries good. So okay. Taking that, notes. That's another advice. 
Hey, one thing I want to mention today, with all our gopher madness uh, football, the volleyball program today, which is 13-1, and one, and I don't know where the hell they're rated again, but they're rated near the Big Ten. They just signed four recruits. I think it's. I think they got one, three, and thirteen nationally. This is a sport that has like two hundred and fifty Division One school. You know, schools competing three hundred, and they got a gal from uh, Illinois who's a six foot four setter. Now that's a that's like the quarterback. You know, that's like usually the five ten, five eleven kid. They got a six foot four one that's coming in. I think she might. I don't know if she's the number one rate in the country or number three, but this guy's it's unbelievable. I mean, it was good when he got here, but what they what they put together in volleyball is amazing. Uh, when are they going to win the national championship? Uh, well, that, that last year certainly was uh, people thought they had a shot, and I got the horrible upset against Oregon at home, and that was tough. Not this year; they don't uh, they don't have that kind of. A, they, they're good this year, but they're not uh, they're not they're not going to be a you know, like a final eight, I doubt. But uh, maybe, maybe next year when they get these four freshmen in there, and they still got half of this team back. So, uh, but they're uh, they're something, you know. And one thing about women's sports that makes it difficult is the the, the great athletes who are smart. They like to go to places like Stanford. You know, no. No top level basketball players go to Stanford. You know they're dummies. They want to be one and done. The volleyball, they get smart girls who are great athletes, and they go to the. It's hard for Minnesota to recruit those girls because they want to go to Stanford and places like that. So uh, that's uh, that, that's one of the difficulties there. Yeah. Also, uh, I feel like you're casting shade on Mark Madsen there with uh, not not. We've had some decent basketball players. Mark Madsen with the Stanford, yeah, right? Come on, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, they, Great they dancer. Haven't been, they haven't always been terrible, but what I'm saying is in, in modern basketball with the one-and-done thing, I, I don't think the number one, number, you know, three of the top eight kids in the country want to go to Stanford. They, you know, there's nothing out there for them except education, and uh, the, the basketball players aren't too interested in that, so... Anyway, I want to bring up volleyball because it's a great entertainment. I think they sold out the whole season this year. Speaking of entertainment, and, uh, you ready for cartoon basketball tonight, Pat? Uh, oh, yeah, you got the Spurs. Hey, I just looked that up. The Spurs came in here November 28th last year. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, they got beat by 40, right? Timberwolves I, I was there, 118 yeah. to 89. Yeah. Yep. And we all thought. It's finally all over for Pop, right? Yep. His team is horrible. And what, three weeks later, the Timberwolves played down there, and the Spurs beat them by 30 or something like that. They turned it around in a minute. Right now, they're playing terrible. Uh, the Spurs are 5-5. Five and five. They just got beat by two bad teams in a row. And the uh, Timberwolves might whoop them tonight. But, uh, you know. Patriots like in September, that. Patrick. Same a thing. Month or six, a month or six weeks from now, I'll look out. So. Yeah, hey, if I remember know. right, uh, Brad Popovich spent the entire fourth quarter oh, sitting on the down. far end of the bench, like con- like talking to players. All the starters and, yeah. and just sat down. Oh, yeah, like eight minutes to go in the third quarter. He sat down and never got up again. I don't even know if he got up at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> I believe, Pat, the, the time of that game was like one fifty eight as well because Pop didn't use any timeouts. He just quit. Oh, that's It right. was great. 
Love that game. Pace of play was fantastic. Well, yeah, the pace of play was great. Yeah, you just sat there and took it. And it seems like, did you see him after that one they they puked on themselves the other night and lost to somebody? They're joking after the game with the other coach, congratulating him and laughing about something. He doesn't seem to worry about September anymore. I mean, not November anymore. I don't know. He's, uh, he's, uh... Although they aren't that good. They aren't, you know, they, they aren't. They are certainly on a contender. Yeah. Uh, well, Pat, we will uh, we'll, we'll recap cartoon basketball tomorrow and see how many of their 45 threes they make. Uh, Rami, by the okay. way, uh, took the Timberwolves challenge. You can find that video on uh, the score on Twitter. Or did account. you make six? I did better than six. All I'll say, Pat, is I did better than six. Well, good. You're, you, you're a better shooter than Chad. Huh? That doesn't take much. <laughs> he was working from right behind the high school line, though, Pat, so there's controversy about where he was there's shooting no from. Oh, it was impressive. Was the yeah, a lot of people are upset. Rangers. Dude, I've been getting a lot of feedback. Declan sent me a uh, GIF today. You gotta use the line. You got to use the line that's available. What do they want you to use? A mad, imaginary line. Thank you, you Pat. The see, this is a man who makes sense right. as Pat, usual. We'll right. see you tomorrow, Pat. Bye. Lander wins the Cy Young. Boo. Yeah, be yeah. careful. See you, Pat. All right, Kate Upton's happy. We're back tomorrow. Podcast us, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Apple, Spotify, Scorner app. I'm gonna wear a bib, and we're just gonna see where things go. <laughs>